Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the first season of the Empty Arena Podcast. I'm John. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nick. And unfortunately, our two other co-hosts here are, uh, are not available tonight that are uh, Danny and Chris. They're our good friends. Um, missed, unfortunately, they're not here. So They missed the first episode. The whole, the whole gimmick of our show is that we're a Survivor Series team and we're already missing... The first, uh, the first two jobbers. It's like you land your dream job, and you work so hard to get to this point. And what do you do? You don't even bother showing up on the first day. You don't <laughs> show up, guys. They sold out. Yeah, that, that, that's Can't what they chant. I mean, the out. three of us are sitting here in our tuxes on the red carpet with a very loud buzzing noise in the background, which is nobody's cell phone. It's actually uh, an air conditioner because we're sitting in a very humid apartment right now in Brooklyn, New York, which is where. All five of us are originally from. Ooh, yes. And three of us still live here. Well, four, actually. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Four of us still live here. I keep forgetting that Chris, again, he's not here, so he can't defend himself. We can rip on him all he wants. Yeah. All, all we want. Yeah, that's it. But he's, uh, he lives out in Staten Island. Traitor. So let's, you know, this is the first episode. So let's talk about why uh, we started a podcast. Now, why did we start a podcast? Uh, so we're five friends from Brooklyn that just decided we should ha- start a podcast based on the amount of times that we talk about wrestling, talk it, about it, and as well as the uh, the amount of times we've actually gone to wrestling events. I think we're at I think we're at ten events at this point. Yeah, that's a t- I think ten's a respectable amount for the five of us to all show up uh, and go to. Yeah, I would figure you know over the course of I would say about. 10 years we've consistently been connected to one another. We've gone to at least one event every year, sometimes two. So, I mean, maybe even between, you know, maybe up to the 15 range. Who knows? Crazy. Right. And 10 years is not the amount of time that we've actually been watching or attending wrestling. So, yeah. um, so maybe a little background as to at least, at least the three of us um, to show what our expertise yeah. is, quote unquote expertise. Expertise. So, um, that's a strong word. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, Andrew had mentioned this earlier before we actually started recording this, um, that we should basically explain you know, what our favorite match was, our favorite wrestler, and our favorite pay-per-view possibly. Or favorite, yeah. Just favorite to give a little match. background as to you know, how you're worded, well-versed in this, apparently. That way, if you don't agree with us, you could uh, stop listening or reach out to us and tell us why our decisions are wrong. And they basically, guys, uh, can reach out to us at uh, on Twitter or Gmail. And our Twitter account is at Empty Arena Podcast. And our Gmail is Empty Arena Podcast at gmail.com. We should probably explain the name, Empty Arena. Yeah. Okay, yeah, before. let's do that before we do anything. Yeah. Andrew, Nick? So. I didn't quite come up with the name, but I could take a crack well, at it yeah. after you go. <laughs> well... <laughs> Seems like everyone's passing the buck here. <laughs> I think, wait, so I think John came up with the idea of the actual phrase, empty arena. We didn't come up with that phrase, but you came up with that as the title. And I think it's, I think it's the, the, the reason why it's empty arena. God, I feel like I'm, I'm on trial or something. <laughs> I think we anticipate having as many fans as you would find in an empty arena. Which that is, was a really sour joke. Which is <laughs> which is none. Basically nobody. <laughs> nobody is nobody is currently listening to us at all. Not even a janitor would come out to even see us. We have a janitor in my apartment apparently, so. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Your wife told me that's you. 
Yeah, yeah it could be. <laughs> All right, so um, for those of you who don't know what an empty arena is, uh, it's actually a type of match that the most infamous one was probably back in the late 90s between The Rock and Mankind. Uh, it was played during um, the halftime show for Super Bowl 30, no, uh, 35, I think it was. Um, uh, probably gotta go back and look up. The, the we're gonna throw these stats out, and yeah, so, you can come. Well, Super Bowl three was nineteen sixty nine because that's when the Jets last one. So if you add thirty years to that, it might have been thirty three. Okay, so, so I'm actually pulling it up right now. Um, so the got? the empty arena match. Did my math work? Let's, let's see. see. According to a website, it was actually nineteen ninety nine. Basically, it wasn't until that year that the empty arena concept was dusted off. Uh, after plenty of years earlier, there was original ones. Um, it was actually a world title match between McFoley, aka Mankind, aka Do Love, aka Cactus Jack, um, and The Rock. Um, and that was during halftime of Super Bowl 33. So, Nick, you were right. Boom. That's insane. I can't believe that was during the halftime of, of a Super Bowl. Right. It's crazy. And wasn't it on like UPN or, or or one of those like local New York channels? I think so. I'm not. Yeah, you have to like look into it. Or maybe it was during Heat. Um, it was which actually would, called Halftime Heat, which would make sense because right. it was on a Sunday. Right there we go. So it was on MTV had a Heat, and so did TNN at the time, which is now Spike TV, which is now the Paramount Network, which is not which is, holding is any now. WWE events. <laughs> um, so th- there's that, okay. um, but the actual origins of of it um, basically was Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. Um, I didn't know this. I thought the original empty arena match was okay. The Rock and Mankind, but it was Terry Funk and uh, the King um, back in the '70s, and they had a rivalry. Isn't that insane? Like, I I was watching the I I didn't see the Terry Funk match, but I did watch the Rock and McFoley match, bits and pieces on YouTube. And it's so bizarre. Like I can't imagine watching that match today. I don't know who would. TNA fans. <laughs> oh no 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 no, John. Excuse me. No no, they're not TNA anymore. They're Impact fans. Okay. Impact. Right. Impact Wrestling. Oh, wait, Global Force Wrestling. That was a. That's what they turned into. Uh, See, this is where expertise, expertise comes in. Our expertise. <laughs> wait, I guess we should each go around and tell the fans who our favorite wrestler is. What drew us into wrestling and what our favorite pay-per-view is. I think that's a good way to go. Okay. Um, Nick, would you like to go first? Um, sure. So I guess we're starting out with uh, favorite match. Favorite match, favorite wrestler, um, favorite pay-per-view. Well, I mean, when I was younger, I, I, I got into wrestling as far back as I can remember, maybe when I was like five or six years old, and I used to have a collection of old... Uh, Coliseum home video uh, WWF tapes and um, old school, man. one of the ones that I always used to play a lot was WrestleMania 6 because that pay-per-view just to me at the time just you know had a representation of uh, so many of these larger than life characters that was just really for you know someone my age so captivating and it was uh, in particular you know the match between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior um just you know at the time you know it was just this huge collision between these two uh uh, mega names in in the business that you know and at that time it was a attempt to pass the torch to the ultimate warrior as as i got older and started to understand like how Mm -hmm. things were working at the time and um 
but point being, um, so that always stood out to me. But it wasn't until WrestleMania 12, and some folks out there are probably thinking where I'm going with this, and uh, I am going there, and that was the Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Uh, Bret Hart was uh, my favorite wrestler when I was younger. Like he was like the the one guy that you know. Um, really caught my attention because you know yeah. he was this cool dude that would come out with sunglasses and a leather jacket and it would just be an ass kicker and just really kept things really simple and it was just you know so I always thought he was awesome so um, that was always uh, a standout to me yeah. uh, my favorite pay-per-view hard for me to say anything specifically but as far as the overall uh, strength of a card from beginning to end I would probably say Wrestlemania 17 uh, always was a very yeah. big one because every match on that was just just killer and um, uh, but in general as far as like my favorite style of pay-per-view I would probably say the Royal Rumble because there's always an edge of there's always a sense of excitement there's always a, a feeling of uncertainty and you know there's this you know suspense of you know who's coming out next you know who's gonna make mm-hmm. a surprise appearance because uh, um in this day and age, you know, it's a topic that we'll eventually touch on, but as far as the mystique of wrestling and the element of surprise kind of hasn't been the same for many years since, you know, the internet came about and, you know, we could get into this whole spiel about that, but the Royal Rumble always, to me, still to this day, has that element of surprise. It's always a fun right. match. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and speaking of the Royal Rumble, um, my favorite pay-per-view match uh, well not pay-per-view match but the actual pay-per-view I always loved Royal Rumble 2000 and mm. that was mainly because it was at the Garden the card was stacked yeah and there was a little bit of nudity but that was uh, that was yeah that, that, that was, was Young. That was weird. Card. that was a funny was it May, that was May Young or was that uh, Moolah uh, that was I believe May, May Young, Young right when she flashed the crowd and I remember watching it on pay-per-view before yeah. the WWE Network oh, for yeah. only $9.99 um, I, I remember they they censored it and I just remember being like, "Wow, that that's crazy!" Like seeing that in person, that that must be that's that might scar people. Not, but not not to uh, cut you off, but my sister and brother-in-law were there, and you weren't, and I was not. But that they were they were there. <laughs> but but I always loved Royal Rumble 2000, not because of that, but you know it, it was a stacked card, um, and everyone that was in the actual match, the Royal Rumble match is either a Hall of Famer or everyone knows who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the way down to Prince Albert. Oh, now he's in uh, NXT Performance Center. Right, hey, exactly. The performance Center. Right. Bana- yeah. yeah, bananas. Right. Bananas. And out of those wrestlers from Royal Rumble 2000, my favorite wrestler of all time has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ooh. Uh, wow. I mean, he, wow. I mean, he's wow. the man. Like, such a badass. Came out, kicked yeah. ass. Um, you know, he he, he 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 was a rebel essentially. He hated McMahon, did that. He was yeah, fighting against your boss. Yeah. I mean it, it's it's so cliche to say Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Big Show, you know, Jericho, wh- whoever. And it's just because who they were, like, you know, big names and yeah. either you either hated him or loved him. But as far as I know, ninety eight percent of the people mm-hmm. loved Stone Cold. And he was no, essentially the anti-hero. Yeah, during that time, I mean, he was he was the guy. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, the it, guy. Yeah. Um, 
So now we said uh, favorite wrestler, favorite pay-per-view, and what was the other one? What got you into it? What got me into it? Um, honestly, I think what, what got me into wrestling at the time was everyone else was watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I only started watching it in maybe 1998, 99, around there. Yeah. Around there. Um, you know, I was a kid yet, and people were like, oh, this is great, this is great. And I was like, you know, let me just see what the buzz is about. I put it on the TV and got hooked ever since. So that's where we're at with that. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah. I mean, you start, some people start really, really young, but they start like later in life. I feel like 10, like at 10 years old, it's kind of at that point of like, I'm either going to watch wrestling for the rest of my life, or if I don't, I'm never going to watch it at that point. Right. I think we're all there at like 10 watching wrestling right and I think I think before that we were too young to watch it and understand what was going on yeah especially during the Attitude Era when it was more PG-13 mm-hmm. as opposed to now it's you know PJ oh god yeah, yeah. Right. look how so. bad we turned out right right <laughs> <laughs> um, but um so I, I think that leaves you right you I, that's it yeah, yeah. um alright so favorite wrestler and this is uh, this is so cliche but The Rock is my favorite wrestler. Finally. Oh, no, no. Scratch that. I'm sorry. Not The Rock. Ooh. Not The Rock. No, no, no. D'Lo Brown. Yes. No. <laughs> Actually, this is, this is like favorite, favorite wrestler. It's weird. But Kane. Well, Kane's Kane, great. Kane's my favorite wrestler because he was in the match that got me into wrestling. So the match that got me into wrestling was the Kane Taker Inferno match. Um, where Undertaker burned Kane's arm. I think it was uh, a Raw. I don't know if it was necessarily a pay-per-view. I don't think it was a pay-per-view. No, I think it was was a Raw. And Nick is our walking wrestling almanac. The wrestling almanac. And I remember my brother-in-law and my sister, well, at the time, my sister and her boyfriend were watching wrestling. They were the original Marks in my family. (laughs) They got me into it, and they were watching, like, a review of I guess like the week before it was like on a Sunday morning or it was it was Saturday morning superstars I believe okay and they had like I think like D'Lo Brown's like caliber matches on that but they showed clips from the week before and one of those clips was the Inferno match and I walked in and they're watching this match and I'm like what the hell is going on why is like who is that big dude with the with the tattoos on his arm, who's that red guy? Holy shit! The like red guy, that guy is legitimately scary. And ever since then, I was hooked on wrestling. Um, so just Google it. Uh, that match may have been uh, the Inferno match that was on one of your the In Your House pay per views, um, circa nineteen ninety nine ish. Yep, it was around nineteen ninety nine. So I guess I came into wrestling about ninety eight, ninety nine. Actually, scratch that. Um, it's actually first ever Inferno match on Raw between Undertaker and Kane in 1999. That's what it was. Outside of the ring, Undertaker could catch one of Kane's big boots and set it aflame to win the match. Oh, yeah. So it was probably that then. Yep, that was it. And there's actually a clip, but I don't know if I can play it. Classic. <laughs> I think Kane might come and... Uh, well, now... now we'll see. Yeah, Kane <laughs> was awesome. He, I mean, he is awesome. Love Kane. But as he... You know, he kept on developing his character... Towards the end, maybe a little tiring, but every time he comes out, I still cheer for him. I still root for him, no matter what. I gotta say, 
for me personally, the what's so funny is that The Undertaker, when The Undertaker first came out around 1990, 1991, he was this brooding, scary, mm-hmm. you know guy that you know had the, the pale face and you know like they would take camera shots of the crowd like you see the little kids all scared and whatnot and i was too young to really at the time remember and watch that undertaker like mm-hmm. i know like his big thing was when he went over hogan at survivor series 91 for the wwf title that was like a huge thing and he lost it like three days later uh but um saddest day in history man. yeah I'm so upset <laughs> he um when I was about five or six years old, which was about 94, 95, that was around the year that we were all that age, he had already been a face by that point. So Taker being a face, you know, he didn't really exhibit, you know, these demonic things that he went on to portray in the Attitude Era when he became heel again. Taker was... Kane, on the other hand, when he first came around, scared the daylights out of me because this guy was just standing there. He would never talk. He would rip the, the cell door off. When he first came in, at that he, bad blood, it was yeah. just frightening. Hands down, had the best debut. Oh god, yeah. Uh, I mean, totally worst debut. The Rock, got to say that. Oh yeah, oh, came yeah. out with Survivor the Series construction paper six. That was necklace. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rock has always been my like. I always loved, I've always loved the Rock, and I think he probably is like top favorites. But I remember I freaked out when, when you the met Rock. Him. Well, I met him. Yeah, I met him in person. That'll be on our Instagram. Handle. Hashtag TBT. Hashtag TBT. Um, I remember when The Rock started fighting Kane. I like freaked out as a kid. I'm like, holy shit! This is the The Rock and Kane. Kane's getting his big break. Wasn't that much of a big break, but <laughs> uh, I was at the Raw where Kane came back as uh, as a face with the like half mask that had like, the open mouth mask. And I remember my dad and I were in the audience, and he came out, and he like prevented the American flag from getting burnt. Ah, the un-Americans. Like, Dude, I was like, oh my god, Kane is just the best. <laughs> um, all right, so enough about Kane. But my favorite pay-per-view, hmm, is a tough one. I guess if if we're talking brand of pay-per-view, just like the general type of pay-per-view, I gotta say, I think Royal Rumble. I'm I'm with Nick. Royal Rumble so, is my so majority rules. My yeah, my my favorite pay per view. I host it every year, at whatever place I'm living. I'm, I was gonna say the WWE comes to you and yeah, like, hey uh, Andrew, can we use your uh, your house? Yeah, yeah, sure. We could fit uh, five fans in there. Each of them have to pay twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> Still more than TNA. Oof. <laughs> Not all these I, TNA I, burned, shots. I burned them twice today. Um, but uh, yeah, it would it would definitely be the Royal Rumble or um, Great Balls of Fire. Classic. Just for the name. Showstopper. You know the sad thing is that actually wasn't a bad pay-per-view. Well, we did all the jokes with the name. You know, it actually ended up being a pretty decent pay-per-view. But it wasn't. Um, no, it wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty yeah. good. So with that, should we get into a little SummerSlam preview? Sure. sure. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. So I think the best way to go about this, and again, this is our first episode, so we might change our formats up a little bit. We'll kind of jump around the card, maybe not go in. You know, I don't think we need to dedicate 25 minutes to the B team versus, you know, versus the Revival. Although I do like the B team. I love the B team, actually. <laughs> uh, let's jump around a little bit. Um, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. What do you guys 
think. You know, on paper, it's something that I think a lot of people have been looking forward to for a very long time because when AJ came in, he was the only guy that really um, bypassed that whole NXT phase. I mean, the guy's great. He is phenomenal, yeah. no pun intended. Um, at 40 years old, the guy looks like he's working like a 25-year-old. Um, Samoa Joe, on the other hand, you know, he went through the NXT uh, phase and, you know, he worked his way up into the roster. But the interesting thing is Samoa Joe has, for the most part, um, been booked pretty well. I mean, he had that injury bug a little bit last year, but he hasn't been a victim of, of falling too low on the card, I think. I think he's always managed no. to keep himself in pretty relevant spots, you know, always cuts a great promo, always, you know, has been in very engaging feuds, no matter who it was with. Uh, so I think that this, everyone knew this was bound to happen. These mm -hmm. two were eventually going to meet, given their history. I mean, we're, we're going, they're both from TNA. So. Yeah, we're going back 15 years, maybe even more, because you have to consider the fact that they both respectively have uh, years of uh, international experience, I think, you know, and, and you know, so there's a lot of history there so should be fun and also everyone everyone i don't know who forgets this but i, I know a lot of people do forget it aj was actually in wwe back in 2002 2003 and yeah he had his you know, he, he was awful yeah. <laughs> well he was uh he was working as a uh as they call it an enhancement talent nice way for saying jobber i suppose and he jobbed to um Gosh, I, I you know what? And I recently saw a video of this. He was on an episode of Velocity, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who did he job to? Like, didn't he <laughs> job to like uh... somebody in the mid card at the time? That just you know, it was one of those. Yeah, he's gonna win sort of things. <laughs> Actually, it might have been like it yeah. may have been more towards like two thousand four, two thousand five. Mm -hmm. It was off by a couple of years. Um, I don't know the exact year, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but going off of that, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it's it's the aura of seeing Samoa Joe and AJ going at it. Yeah, and I think today it just came out. So today is uh, Thursday the 16th. I think AJ Styles officially broke the record of JBL of being the longest-running WWE champion on SmackDown. So that's huge. A well-deserved accolade. Yeah, that's awesome. And I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, I think, uh, 281 days is the record. Uh, uh, 280. Ooh, 280. Well, now yep. I'll be at 281, and he'll smash that record. I wonder who's next on that list, John. Do you have that in front of you or no? Uh, which list are we talking about? Uh, after AJ broke JBL's record, who's the next milestone that he would surpass if he kept it? Uh, I'm going to look that up while we keep talking about this. Sure. I mean, the, you know, it, it's clear that WWE sees value in AJ Styles, and I'm glad he's getting his chance as a WWE champion. You know, last year he held the the US title. We were there. We saw it live where he became the, the US champion. At a house show nonetheless. At a house show. Yes. yes. That was pretty incredible. That was awesome. And it was it was cool to see him. I'm glad he's getting, you know, what, what he deserves. And Samoa Joe, like you said, he you know, he's in a situation where he's, you know, st still over. I mean, I think he, he, he was beating up our truth a few weeks ago but yeah i mean i would love to see samoa joe get a run i think um i think he's more than worthy of carrying that mantle as you know the the big name heel on the show yeah um because um i think um put it this way i don't think 
if they didn't have faith in him, they wouldn't have put him in matches with guys like Lesnar or AJ Styles or, uh, you know, anybody else. I mean, he's always mm-hmm. been put in very good feuds. I think it's really time's very soon for him. Now, oh, go ahead. Going back to uh, the list that Nick was talking yeah. about. Um, Let's see these stats. Well, don't forget a couple of years ago they changed the titles around a little bit. Um, where now they have a, a Raw champion, essentially, and a SmackDown champion. Yeah. Um, there's not an exact list, but it looks like the next one would actually be Ultimate Warrior if they're going back by the titles. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has been he was champion for 293 days. Um, start off in uh, WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania 6 in April of 1990 versus Hogan mm-hmm. uh, at the main event. He defeated Hogan for the championship. The end of the reign, uh, basically, it looks like it was a maybe a five-man tag match or something like that. It says uh, it was basically this match included Rick Rude, Haku, and T. D., uh, Ted DiBiase. So it was actually uh, mm-hmm. a fatal four-way, I guess, at... Uh, January 1999, uh, 1991, when he was defeated by Sergeant Slaughter. So then it was six, six-man battle royal, I guess, right? Sounds about right. I think Savage, interesting. I think, that's, I think that's when Savage interfered, and that whole started the whole thing between him and uh, Savage, yeah. right? But anyway, yeah. Um, so and now I guess yeah. the question is, who do we think is leaving SummerSlam with the title? I'm going to go out there and say I think AJ is keeping it. I think AJ is keeping it as well. I think it's going to be a little bit while until he loses it. I don't think Samoa Joe's built up as much as he, he should yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. I agree. I feel like, and I think this is affecting some of these other matches on the card. I feel like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe is a marquee match that could easily be on a WrestleMania card. Right. I feel as though there hasn't been as much build. I mean, we were sitting... In Danny's apartment when the Samoa Joe match was was officially announced, and that was like three or four weeks ago. Right. Okay, so um, now if we're going to follow this format, you said we were going to go from um, you know big match to small match. Yeah, let's let's take a little breather in between. Let's discuss some of the uh, I don't want to call them smaller matches, but maybe probably lower priority on the card. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I would say probably the next one down. The, the six out to you. I would say probably the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, It'd be mm-hmm. the Bludgeon Brothers and the New Day. That that's a very small match. Uh, I feel like New Day has been over for years now, mm-hmm. and I, I don't watch SmackDown as much as I should. But I, I feel like nobody really cares about New Day anymore. I feel like they come out, there's no pop, unless I. Again, well, like I said, I don't watch SmackDown, but I that's think, just me talking. You know, I think there's still a pop for the New Day. Um. But I feel like WWE is constantly going back and forth with them. I, I feel there are times, where, you know, where they keep touting that they're like the best tag team champions, and then they try a singles run here and there, and like two weeks later they they go right back to the tag gimmick. So I think they have to make a decision, and with the Bludgeon Brothers, they should have kept their old gimmicks as like Wyatt. Pawns, but Absolutely. I'm not a fan of the of like the this, the matching singlets. However, I think the Bludgeon Brothers are going over because uh, I would like to see the New Day go for singles titles. Yeah, I agree. I think that 
the Bludgeon Brothers are going to maintain their dominant run as far as being tag team champions. And, you know, what? great for them because, you know, this is uh, one of those mm-hmm. uh, destined-to-be-sad stories of, of very good talent going by the wayside because we felt... Because for... It's been... When did the Wyatts debut? 2014? can't remember the exact I year. think it was 2013. 2013, 2014. And it took them four or five years for these two guys to... Um, uh, achieve some level of of, uh, of relevance kind mm-hmm. of like the b team which we'll get to eventually you know because you know you have two guys over there that you know are in a similar situation now they're tag team champions great for them the, the whites actually debuted in nxt in 2012 um and basically in 2014 uh yeah, they, they came out and then uh, basically it was early like 2015 they uh they came out oh there you go yeah i just remember running out of a dinner with my girlfriend at the time saying I have to see the Wyatts. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember these things. Um, um, I, I guess we, while we're down here, we'll stay with the Raw tag team match. Yeah. So we think we think Bludgeon Brothers are going to go over. I say so. I think it makes the most sense. I think it makes the most sense. Yeah, probably until so like they're going to retain. Yeah. Maybe the bar can jump in as number one contenders or New Day can go for single belts. Maybe right. the U.S. title. Okay. Um, all right, let's so, jump over to Raw. We haven't um, been on Raw for I'm going to say with the B team. I mean, the, as crazy as this sounds, everyone loves them. I, so we, I don't like the revival. They're, they're, they're not booked so we well. Have, they're not. Yeah. The, the gimmicks are pretty bad, I think. Yeah, I think the, I think the, uh, I think the B team is going to retain. It's interesting because, you know, this last week on Raw, when I saw the B team and the revival, you know, having, you know, that interaction and, and, I was like, well, who's the heel and who's the face in this? I mean, it's it's obvious the Revival are acting as heels, and they right. are heels. But the B team seems to be, like, in a position where I guess the booking is trying to get them over in a way that um, people become sympathetic to them. I mean, look at the entrance team now. They, they have this entrance team which caters to a live crowd singing along to it. So it seems That's, to me like they're trying to push them in that direction. Yeah, I forgot that they had an actual song and it sounds like stock it sounds yeah. like stock music I hate that I hate <laughs> when it sounds like stock music yeah um, but the revival I you know I, I love Raw but the I just think the tag division on Raw is a little weak um, much more interested in the Smackdown tag titles but I mean there's a reason this match is on the pre-show um, and I think most of that has to do with as much as I don't like the revival I think um, uh, who uh, Dash Wilds got injured last year. I think he broke his jaw or something like that. And he was out for a while. That sucked too. And and yeah. I think that held them up. 100%. You know, they, they began pushed, and then he got injured, and he was out for a very long time. Yeah, they're and, and very that just good. Stunned them pretty much. They mm-hmm. stunned their growth per se. They're they're both very good. I like the fact that they're an actual tag team. I think right. they need more tag teams like. Bludgeon Brothers, New Day, they're tag teams. B team is technically a, a tag team now. And the revival's a tag team. The revival is the C team. The re- ooh. ooh. <laughs> yeah. John Throne. I always uh, <laughs> just to chime in real quick, I always admired the no, tag No, you're not allowed to. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I always admired um when it came to the tag team aspect of wrestling, the fact that in the old days when you had legitimate tag teams, you had two people that had to be committed to this idea this concept that neither one of them could on an individual level really truly 
try to outshine the other person. I mean, there were cases, obviously, where one guy would go on to have great success, but it would just happen organically. And, you know, props to, you know, people, you know, these, these performers that commit mm-hmm. to that, that true tag team ever because nowadays it feels like you know a lot of these tag team situations where it's just two guys that are just thrown together at random and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but like you say you know that the, the tag division is kind of weak well speaking of speaking of tag teams that work together i, I think it's kind of like going back to the bar like we when, when cesaro bar. right when cesaro yeah. and sheamus started tagging together nobody thought it was going to work and then after a while they kind of stuck and yeah now they're great yeah. yep. you just have to buy into it yeah yep. um so now we're going back, going back to a big match, right? I say, I want to get into the big, big match if you guys want to. Barack Lesnar and Mike Roman Reigns. Big dog. Although I don't, don't, know don't ever say that. Much time on it. <laughs> Sorry, I think Michael Coltrane marked that already. The big dog. So, so I'll put it this way: from the looks of it, I, I think all three of us can agree that Lesnar is losing the title. Like, can we see Reigns with the title? I want to see him with the title now. <sighs> I, I don't know. Well, I, I still don't like Reigns. I, I, he 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 could be booked so much better, and like he, he just turn heel already. Like, I, I mean, uh, Lesnar's getting old. Yes, he his gimmick was cool when he came back a couple years ago. And I was like, oh my god, Lesnar's like, here! Oh wow! Oh my god, he's not coming! Yeah. Oh wow, he's here! But Reigns is. I, I don't know how to explain it. This character is so dry. It's so. Scripted, like I, I know. Wrestling I hear is, you. Yeah, no, I, you know? it makes sense, and I just think with, I mean, Lesnar's what likely going back to the UFC. It's like not official, but it is, and it's like the worst kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> so, at this point, if Lesnar retains, I have no idea where they're going. But I almost feel like the like WWE is going to go that route just to mess with the fans and maybe have someone cash in on him. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I was thinking, what about Strowman? Is that right. possible? I know there is a match with Strowman and Owens. Well, yeah, but Strowman has... can Owens basically DQ himself in that match? Strowman will still have the, the briefcase and then he could cash in on Raw, possibly? Mm-hmm. Well, Against, I guess, Reigns? Is that, is, that, is that even a possibility? I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I'm in agreement in the sense that, I mean, with, as far as with you, Andrew, in the sense that I'm just, I think I'm just so over this whole Brock Lesnar title reign. Uh, right. It just, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. At one point in the beginning, it was like, oh, this is something different. You know, this is something that, you know, makes the title match mean something because it wasn't happening as frequently. But, you know, it... Um, it got really tiring after a while because now what happens is the longer that you keep that going on, it makes everybody else on the roster seem so in- insignificant because everyone just seems to be floating around and, and there's nothing that, there's no ultimate end game that these other performers are working yeah. towards. It's like it's so, it's like, you know, Brock Lesnar, UFC guy, has the title and it's like so unattainable for everybody else. And it, it, I feel like it just makes everybody look bad for so long. I mean,. I think the initial shock of Lesnar winning the WWE Championship from like a few years ago, and he became almost like a prize fighter, that was interesting, because you had you know this WWE title that was on Raw or SmackDown every week, and then Lesnar takes the title, goes home with it, doesn't show up, you know, unless it's a pay-per-view. It makes that championship mean so much more. 
So when the next person wins it, which should be months later, not a year and a half later, it has a big impact. So I think that's when Rollins won it back at WrestleMania 32 or 31. I think it was 31. I think it was 31. He cashed in. The title went back to the main roster. And Lesnar, you know, lost the title. with you know, It was a, sh- a schmozzy finish. But it was taken off him, and that was it. And it was a few months of this shenanigans of, like, once a month you'd see the title. But it made the title mean, so- you know, mean something more. Right. right. Uh, you said it was uh, 32 or 31. I think it was 31. 32 was Lesnar uh, and Ambrose in an no-holds-barred street oh, fight. Oh, so it must have been 31 so then. So it's probably 31. 31 yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, with the Universal title... The who's who's had it? You can count on 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 one hand. I mean, you've had Balor, 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 one ninety one, Owens, Owens, didn't he, uh, Goldberg, Dean, Dean Ambrose, right? Didn't he? No, hold? no, or he was a he was a WWE and, champion on yeah, Smackdown. Yeah, okay. It was Balor, um, Owens, Goldberg, 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 and then Lesnar. So you can count on one hand how many people have held this title. So it doesn't mean as much. It's like it's I if I made a title tomorrow. And then someone took it. Your your title will be the hot dog eating champion. Don't oh, don't joke about my hot dogs. <laughs> so I mean, who do you, what? I guess to get back on track, who do you guys? Who are you going for in this match? As much as I hate to say this, Reigns. Because it's a given that he's yeah. going, that Lesnar's going back to the UFC. I say Reigns wins the match, and Strowman does not cash in or if he does attempt to cash in it doesn't work or something happens but I do think Reigns is walking out of Barkley Center Sunday night with the belt right I, yeah I, I, I agree with that yeah. though I I, I, I but yeah. jumping off topic a little bit though because it's just too predictable because right. you know that everybody's expecting Strowman to jump in and right. cash in I think it's going to happen on Raw the next night could be yeah because usually a Raw after a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania is always just as good, mm-hmm. maybe even sometimes better than the pay per view the night before. So it's a white hot crowd. Yeah, yeah. You get a passionate which, crowd, which, which at least four of us will be at on Monday. So yes. So you expect a, a good reaction from us or a bad reaction? We're going backstage <laughs> VIP passes. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> section. We're we're, we're going uh, we're, we're going upstage. Nobody cares. Section we twelve. Have, we have section twelve. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a solid yeah. section. Yeah, it's not the floor, but it's. And I've already better. made our reservations for. Food. Food. Okay. Again, I, I don't know if we could mention we the... We can't, yeah. There's some wing places across say the street. Wings that are wild. Yeah. We could just say that. Okay. And I'm the only human on, I think, on the earth that has made reservations at this place. <laughs> um, Something to be proud of. I yeah. think we should. I think we can go into Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens as we started talking about it. So Strowman has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Owens, he's challenging him for it. Makes sense. I mean that. I think this is has been a pretty good feud, and I think Danny would agree. Danny loves one thing about Danny is he loves the backstage stuff. So when Kevin Owens was thrown into the toilet, he was like freaking out about it. Yeah. So. Well, I, I jumping off of that, I I think it's great that they're going backstage because they don't do it as much as they used to, especially when we fun, started. Yeah. Especially when you know we started watching this stuff back in the late '90s, mid '90s, whatever mm-hmm. it was. They always used to have backstage brawls, parking lot brawls. Uh, boiler balls. They had, they always had some sort of brawl, and doing this is like kind of like throwing it back to when we started watching. It's it. like so a throw, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a throwback to the uh, to the old. It's a throwback, right? <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the, the, the so the and, you know, and I, I think could, because the stipulation is if Strowman loses by any means, he will lose the contract. I think that's their way of getting the contract off of Strowman onto Owens, who needs it, without making Strowman look bad. Yeah, essentially. But yeah. the question is, who walks out of that match with the contract? Very interesting to see what happens. I am going to go with Kevin Owens walking out because I feel like Strowman has had the upper hand in this feud. Although he's lost a few matches, he's still he's been booked as the stronger guy. I'm, I'm going to say via disqualification. So you think? So, wait, so I think. I think. Yes. Oh, oh uh, you said Strowman was booked as a strong guy, right? Yeah, obviously. So because he is a strong guy, Owens cannot defeat him. I think Owens is going right. to try to cheat his way out of the match. And, yeah, hundred you know, percent. DQ, you know, basically DQ the match. And, and I think that's what's going to. I honestly think that's what's going to happen. There's going to be no clear winner. So do you think that Strowman's going to keep the money in the bank briefcase? Yes. Okay. I feel the same way. I think Strowman is going to manage to keep the briefcase because I think it's just. Uh, you don't often say the odds are against Braun Strowman, but on a technicality level, it seems like they're making it seem like he's gonna, you know, lose in a stupid way. But right, who knows? I, I feel like he's gonna keep it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we go with the small match. Let's go. Let's see what what are. Oh, um, let's get this one out of the way. Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. Constable Baron Corbin. Constable Corbin. Ho ho ho. That's why I sound like he. That's why I feel like he sounds like. And uh, a certain website I'm basically reading off of right now, they basically described it as, this feud is somehow still continuing. <laughs> and with it, even <laughs> one-on-one, the rubber match will officially go down to SummerSlam. It's so, Balor has to go over in this scenario. Yeah, yeah I mean, he I, has to. Yeah, I, I, as much as I think, that, I think WWE is building up Baron Corbin, you know, now that he's basically the mouthpiece for uh, Stephanie McMahon, right. um, I, I don't think he's... You know, basically ready to win a match at SummerSlam. Maybe Survivor Series, maybe the Rumble. Um, I, I, I have to agree with yeah. Andrew on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Balor definitely goes over. I, I find it really interesting because, you know, Corbin was a guy that last year, I believe it was last year, he had the Money in the Bank briefcase. Well, I think yes, uh, SummerSlam so. last year he jobbed right. to Cena. Right. At SummerSlam because was he cost whole, him his... Yeah. And there was a whole speculation about what happened with that, and we're not going to get into that because that's you know all hearsay. But point being, it seemed like Vince McMahon was very high on Corbin, and I think he still is. I mean, there's there seems to be some feeling about him that that there is potential that he could become somebody who would eventually become a big time player. I mean, he has you know a, 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 an imposing physical stature. I mean, he's not a huge guy, but he's tall, and he you know has you know that aggressive edge to his yeah. character. I mean. He's decent on the microphone. I guess if you give him better things to talk about, maybe he could really shine. But um, he, he's okay in the ring. He does what he has to do for a big guy. and um, Shaved his head, so I guess they're looking to clean up his look, I guess. He yeah. looks better with the shaved head, I'll say that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he de- he definitely fits like the corporate role yeah. better. Yeah. Although it doesn't like stick with his gimmick of being a lone wolf. Because if he's a lone wolf, he, doesn't, he wouldn't need the <laughs> approval of the authority, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, they're giving him time with Kurt Angle 
in high profile situations. So I think they they still like him, uh, but I think Balor needs a win on a pay per view card. It's a big four pay per view. A win is a win at a big four pay per view. Okay. So um, do we want to finish out the small matches because I think there's only like two or three small matches. We got a few other matches left. Uh, let's see. There's a cruiserweight Ooh. championship between Cedric Alexander and Drew Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak, and that's part of the kickoff show along with uh, Zelina Vega, uh, Cian Amis, and Rusev Atlanta. Mm. So, real quick on this, Cedric Alexander, Cedric Alexander, and Drew Gulak. I think both those guys are like they're coming into their own as stars of 205 Live. I I would I wouldn't mind seeing either guy go over, but something tells me that Drew Gulak will go over because I think he, you know, he's he's been on TV or again not TV on the network um as a uh, centerpiece of the Cruiserweight division. And I think Cedric Alexander has had the title for quite some time, so I think it makes sense. Right. And, and he also recently transformed his character changed basically. He mm-hmm. he used to be like a Never, not necessarily straight edge, but more like a, like a, a, a comic piece yeah. for like a polished poli- political yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, I think right. Of um, and now he's kind of like a, as far as I know, like a like a bad boy type thing, right? Is, is that what's going? On? I I don't follow two hundred five live as much as I. He should, grew like, a, a beard. That's all I know. Yeah, I know yeah, that that's much. Telltale sign. Now. Yeah, of, <laughs> of a of a new heel. It's like Captain America, you know, in the new Avengers movie. Yeah, he grew a beard. <laughs> badass now. So. I, I don't care who goes over with that match. I'm not. <laughs> and, and right now I'm channeling our other co-host, Chris, because he'll pretty, pretty much say the same thing. It's he sad. doesn't care. It's, it's sad, you know, and, and admittedly, you know, it's, it's, it's not a knock on these guys as far as their talent and, and their ability. It's just, you know, the, the cruiserweight format, just for some reason, it, it didn't take off as well as I mm. think the tournament. The tournament was phenomenal, and, and it just hasn't translated into a, a program that I would – be willing to regularly tune into. I, I, that, that's mainly because they started off on Raw. They had a match on Raw right. every week for a while, and and they tried to push into the mainstream, you know, wrestling media, and it didn't work out. And they pushed it to his own show, and nobody really went over to it because it wasn't good on Raw either. Um, but there's really, I, I, I feel so like I have nothing else to say about know, that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, it's you know, I, I think they want the NXT. Um, I think they want the. The spirit of NXT in 205 Live. That's why I think that that's why they're keeping it separate. But right, we'll see how that Which goes. Which is, I think, a good move. Time. I think keeping the cruiserweights out of Raw, I think, was a very smart move because I think it lets them be on their own, like you had once. Yeah. And really, you know, have their own show to do what they have to do. Right, and then the other match also is uh, Almas and Vega. Kutria. And, yeah. I'm not exactly sure why Rusev and Lana are on the kickoff show. Um. I mean, looking at the card right now, it's 13 matches. It's yeah. essentially WrestleMania caliber. It's it's like the it's a secondary WrestleMania. I mean, the, even like yeah, like the each match really is a WrestleMania caliber match. Right. It could be you considered. Could say that, yeah. Yeah. Every one of them, honestly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Rusev and has been feuding with Andrade. At, is, am I? I'm butchering this. You got thing. it. <laughs> Andrade Chen Almas. Cien Almas. Oh, my God. And Zelina Vega. That's probably the easier name to Zelina use. Zelina Vega, who I recently started following on Instagram. Good follow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's from Queens, apparently. Really? Now I'm obsessed. Not in a creepy way, though. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love, I love Rusev. I love Almas. 
I think this will be a good pre-show match. My, I guess my only concern is Rusev was fighting for the title last month. Now he is in the kickoff show helping put over Almas. It's like he's not in a situation where he is set up for success. Right. I'd rather see, honestly, I'd rather see Almas go over because I think he has a very bright future. But I feel bad for Rusev. I think I think Aiden English will cost him the match. I I, th- I think so too. But I think they should have possibly done this match a little bit differently, if anything. Uh, I, I know they try to put over Almas and Vega, but um, maybe they should have. I, I I know Vega just came into NXT in the last like couple weeks, I guess. Uh, they maybe, got oh. they got called up. Almas and Vega got called up after. Um, I think it was after WrestleMania, but they didn't, WrestleMania, they didn't yeah. start. Because that's when he... That's Until when, recently, right? Didn't that's start when, recently? Yeah, that's right. when Amos dropped the title to Aleister Black, and then after that he got called. But they had, pro- they, had, they had promos leading up to his debut, which right. came out like a month and a half, maybe like two months after that. Right. So right. maybe so, like so May-ish. So maybe a couple they, of months. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe they should have used them slightly differently. Like um, I'm thinking maybe putting Vega and Amos in the Cruiserweight Championship match as a triple threat. You think and and have yeah. you know basically have Almas lose but show that he's good enough to be in the match yeah. and then basically I would say put Rusev and Lana use them differently you put put Rusev and Aiden English in a match mm-hmm. yeah so you think Almas should have been on like the cruiserweight side right I I think so uh, I think it would have worked a little bit better possibly give that some, give two hundred five live some star power I, yeah. I could see that yeah. You know, it's funny because Almas recently had a match with AJ Styles on SmackDown. It must have been a couple of weeks ago. And he apparently received very high praise from the man himself, Vince McMahon, saying uh, he was just really uh, uh, blown away with uh, how well he worked with AJ. And uh, there's, I definitely think, uh, big plans for Andrade in the near future. I would definitely see a U.S. title run in his near future at some point. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that if... Almas goes over Rusev, that's necessarily going to be burying Rusev. Because, I mean, Rusev still has a prominent place in the card. He's not going anywhere. Rusev is always around. And it's going to be... It's not going to be a clean finish. It's Aiden English has been screwing up Rusev's matches for the last few weeks. Right. So I think something's going to happen where they tell Aiden English, don't come out. He comes out. He pushes someone off a turnbuckle. Someone catches a win, and I think, I think Zelina will pin Lana. Ooh, I like that. I think that is mm. the safest way, so nobody gets hurt. That could work for me. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we're going back to the big matches. Ooh, big so, matches. Big matches. Uh, now we're gonna go right back to the top. Uh, Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, so let's get Alexa Bliss let's get and some Rousey. ladies. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey, singles match for the Raw. Women's Championship. That's right. Right. So, um, I I I think Rousey's going to win this one. Oh yes. I, I have I have a feeling about that because they've been playing her as a power the power female, and Bliss is basically playing the heel. By the one. way, yeah, we we I'm sorry, just to cut you off, but I received a sign from John saying, "Don't say the word A L E X A because John has an A L E X A." So right behind us. So for the next podcast, I'm going to put my 
Echo on uh, on mute. Um, and currently, I guess we're just going to use the, the last name for Let's, know, Bliss. Let, we'll just yeah. Say Bliss. So you'll, you'll notice us saying Bliss a lot. Bliss this and Bliss that. We'll call her Miss Bliss for now. Miss Bliss. Okay. So I think, yeah. So, John, I, before I horribly cut you off, <laughs> what were you saying? I was saying I think Ronda Rousey is playing the power female in this one. And 100%. Bliss is playing the heel. And I, I, I would love to see Rousey win. Mm-hmm. Just to show she, just to show that she's in, you know, basically she's good enough to be in WWE as she was in the UFC. Um, although at the end of the UFC she wasn't great. Yeah, she <laughs> I don't had want a rough, a rough ending. Yeah, she but a rough ending. But she still can probably break. Right, I still want to mess with her. Right, and, and it, I, I do know this is a championship match, so I have a feeling that if Rousey wins the title with this, they're gonna have her hold it until Wrestlemania and possibly Nia Jax at Wrestlemania will face Rousey I had heard an, uh, an initial idea of Ronda Rousey and Charlotte closing out Wrestlemania as the first women's match to close out a Wrestlemania that, that would be pretty discussion. sick that would be, didn't even think of Charlotte <laughs> um, however they build up to that who knows between now and then but I definitely see Rousey winning the title and then holding until Wrestlemania right so basically, you think it's gonna be like some sort of superstar shakeup in the near future, and they're gonna move Charlotte to Raw or, or, or Rousey to SmackDown somehow? I would imagine so. I mean, I think it would be ideal. Be sh- probably Charlotte to Raw. Yeah, I would. I think it would be ideal that they would do some kind of shakeup. Right. Let's not forget the all women's pay per view is coming up at the end of October. Revolution? Right? Is that what it's called? Evolution? Evolution. Evolution. Okay. You know, it's a mystery. Uh, Change that no one sees. I see what you did there. Hmm. <laughs> So I, I think, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you guys. I think Rousey's going to win. I think she's going to walk out with the title. Um, she'll probably hold it at the very least until Survivor Series, but right. who knows? I mean, she might hold it until WrestleMania and have Charlotte maybe win the Rumble or win some type of qualifier, right. depending on who is going to, you know, depending on who wins the Royal Rumble. But I think Ronda will have it for a long time. When she gets right. it, you know, and, and when bliss. she when she does win it, um, since Lesnar's going to be leaving to go back to the UFC, I would love to see just throwing this out there. I would love to see Paul Heyman become her manager. Mm-hmm. I've heard, just, just to stay along the lines of being yeah. a UFC manager, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, but what would make a really good like Today Show interview? <laughs> Lesnar and Ronda Rousey as respective champions of WWE and UFC. And well, yeah, I don't know if I, I'm not big well, UFC I mean, imagine fan. Them together, like, like a talk show. Yeah. I just have a feeling that I, that that they could both walk out as champions, and then be on like a podcast or like a sh- well, not a podcast, but <coughs> empty arena podcast. <coughs> empty arena. Yes, this is a uh, yes uh, at Ronda Rousey. Please come on our show <laughs> next week at Heyman Hustle. Don't forget that there's also this factor of, um, I could see an angle where they're trying to make Ronda Rousey like I I know this is a stretch using this as a comparison but they want to make her almost like a Stone Cold Steve Austin character in the sense that she's very rebellious I I could see that she's wrecking havoc I mean every week she comes out she's kicking people's asses she's getting quote unquote suspended and Stephanie McMahon in this case would be like the Vince where she would be her main antagonist right and you know to have Ronda Rousey as like a centerpiece of the show. I like that. That's 
pretty cool. Actually. Because, you know, now they're going in this direction of, you know, really prominently showcasing the women mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in WWE. And this would be, like, their, their hallmark flag bearer uh, for that movement. And so that would be a, a wise thing to do because it, it's a safe bet to do that and not have to worry about whether or not Roman Reigns is getting over with the crowd. Right. Um, yeah, no, but so, I think it makes see. a lot of sense. It's a good parallel to uh, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. Yeah. So basically the female Stone Cold to Austin. Essentially, yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so going back to another big match, we'll stay on the women's, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's uh, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Uh, I, love, I love all three of these ladies. Not in a, again, not in a creepy way. Let's establish. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm already building a uh, a creepy guy gimmick. But so, no, I, if there's any female listeners out there um, to our podcast, if if you get a follow, you know, a friend following you um, at Andrew, yes, that's that's him. So he's Single, ready to mingle. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Carmella is sticking with the title. I have to agree. I think she's going to sneak out and worm her way out like she's been in her typical heel fashion. <laughs> I, I'm going to... Heel see. fashion. It's funny how those two go together. Uh, I, I'm going to slightly agree with you on that one because uh, Carmella is, is very sneaky. So I, I, I could definitely see her retaining Um but I could also see Charlotte winning again. Um, Becky Lynch, I think she's just there for the hell of it. Um, and basically be the see the third wheel, essentially. I, like, I, would, I, I would have said that like maybe a few months ago when I saw this card. But Becky has been on a roll. Like her whole her like current story is that she wants to get back on top. So something tells me that, you know... She, I, I think it's either Camilla or Becky that will walk out with the title. I. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I Charlotte was added in kind of after the fact, but I think if they're going the route of Rousey and Charlotte, I think they're going to keep Charlotte away from the SmackDown title for now. I, I think just the opposite because Carmella and Charlotte are, you know, basically two. I, I, I keep using the term power females. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even know that's the term, but I, I think I just coined it. So hashtag power, power females. A power female. Um, you know, adding Charlotte to the match basically lowered the decre- lowered the chances of Becky Lynch winning. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, which is yeah, in that case, part it's either going to be Carmella or Charlotte winning. Yeah. So. Well, I think I mean that actually, when you say that out loud, it makes a lot of sense because when you, you know, when it was, if it's just Carmella Becky you're assuming that Becky's going to win. Now right. you add Charlotte as, a, as another element, it's like, okay, now who's going to win? You know, or something Something tells me that Becky and Charlotte will knock each other out. Right. And then Carmella will kind of walk away with the title. Although Becky, Becky Lynch was on a winning streak, so. Exactly. I mean, I guess I, I can see where yeah. you guys go with this, too. Or maybe, yeah. And maybe one day Asuka will pop up again. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell? Don't know about that. It's, she's just... Gone. Gone. Yeah. yeah. We shall see. Um, all right. So, 
I say Carmella. Nick, you say Carmella as well? Yeah, I have to go with that. John, what are you thinking? <sighs> Charlotte Flair. Woo! I'm going to go with Charlotte on this one. I'm going right. to be the odd man out. All right. All right. To beat the man. You've um, got to beat the man. Woo! Right. Okay. So the next one, uh, I would say, uh, do we want to go with uh, Ziggler and Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. And Ziggler Rollins. Um, I'm going to, you know what? Something tells me that there's more of a story if Ziggler walks out still champion and Dean turns on Seth. Ooh. I'm going to drop that bomb. Well, I mean, Ambrose did just come back from an injury and he is looking ripped um, and he is looking more psychotic than ever. You could smell the heel turn coming. I just wonder if it's not... I, I don't know if it will necessarily happen on Sunday, though. I feel like there may be a further build to um, the story in which Dean will help facilitate Rollins winning the title and then turning heel on him and then, then going after him, essentially, to incentivize... Ambrose to, to go after Rollins, you know, to really take something from him, which is the Intercontinental title, and that would uh, be interesting to see how that plays out. But, um, you know, I do think Rollins does win the title back uh, because I just don't think Ziggler uh, is somebody that um, is going to be a long-term champion. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, you know, someone that's going to be like an intermediary between, you know, two other guys. Well, yeah. And, and, and also, just jumping off of what Nick's saying, um, and kind of the opposite of what Andrew's saying, um, Drew McIntyre is in Ziggler's corner. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, Rollins has always been outnumbered. Um, so, if, if Ziggler is the heel in the match, McIntyre could get involved, and Ziggler still, could still walk away with DQ, going right. back on the DQ. Or, sure. on the other hand... Ambrose, could come Ambrose out. kind of cancels him out, right? And, um, no, I, I I think that makes I think I think both scenarios make sense. Um, but I remember Drew McIntyre was on Raw like you know a few weeks ago, and he said, "Plan, you know, phase one of our plan is Ziggler winning the IC belt. Phase two is Drew winning you know, winning the Universal belt." So something tells me that Ziggler will keep it. Ambrose and Rollins will get into something. But at the same time, what are they fighting over? They need something to fight over, which would be the Intercontinental Championship. So I'm going to stick to my guns and say Dolph Ziggler. But it's either way. It's going to go a thousand ways. And I just, I, I'm excited to see the outcome of that match. Yeah. Um, I guess we got to keep rolling. Yeah. Um, so let's see what's next. Uh, Daniel Bryan and the Miz. D. Bryan the Miz. I wish I could spend I could spend four and a half hours talking about this <laughs> match, but uh, I thought the build has been awesome. Yes, the story has made a lot of sense, especially using Maurice and uh, uh, what's the daughter's name? Uh, the Mon- Monroe Sky. Monroe Sky. Right. I follow him too much on Instagram. I follow him. Wait, I, I don't wait. follow his baby. Oh, I was going to say. I was she gonna has say, an Instagram, though. I was going to say it's a daughter. I was like, wait, hold on. But Rose Guy yeah. is a female, not a, yeah. <laughs> not a male. So. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, watching 
these vignettes they put together uh, showcasing like their first feud, their, you know, the NXT stuff from like 2010, the Talking Smack segment. It's just, uh, it's a solid build. I wish uh, The Miz was around a little bit more because I know he's been doing his like Miz and Marie stuff. Um, that's my only, that's my only gripe is that I feel like uh, Miz has been working on the show so much that it's kind of taking away a little bit from the feud, but you tell me what you guys think. Um, I think that it still will play itself out as a very good match, and um, even with Miz's, uh, <laughs> Miz and Mrs., it's funny how that, that comes up now, uh, even with the Miz's absence in, in some instances, I think that it still uh, is a strong enough story that carries itself where they don't necessarily have to be around each other every week and always have physical interactions, you know, verbal uh, uh, exchanges. So uh, I, I think that this will be a pretty solid match. Um, I do. I, I feel like Brian's gonna go over this this one. I don't think this feud is anywhere near over, but I think in this one, Brian's gonna get the win. Uh, I, I I totally agree with you guys on that. Um, I think what would have made this feud even better. And it's sad to say this, but I, I think if Daniel Bryan had never gotten a concussion and he never became yeah. the GM, they, they, they could have been like, this could have been like The Rock and Austin mm-hmm. going back and forth for all those times, all those years. Right. Um, well, maybe it's the start of that. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it could be. Um, you know, now that Daniel Bryan could wrestle again, essentially, it's great. So Yeah, something tells me this is part one of five. And yeah. You know, maybe they go their separate ways for a little while. They come back, you know. Yeah, and and again, contrasting contrasting it to The Rock and uh, Austin. Yeah. It's like The Miz is The Rock, obviously, and mm-hmm. Brian, not really Austin, but maybe I'll go with Triple H on this one because it's always The Rock it's and Triple H, like H too. A, it's, I'm trying to think of a, like, would a Savage Steamboat be? Not quite because they're both very athletic. They're, they're, these are two very different styles of wrestling. Yeah, Miz is definitely much more grounded, much more uh, conservative in the approach. It's what's kept him healthy all these years, so you can't argue with that. I mean, there's, there's, he sustained himself incredibly well. God bless the guy for, uh, you know. I mean, yeah. Having a like the these, career that he's had. There, I, there needs to be more feuds, like the Miz and Daniel Bryan, where right. these guys are each other's arch enemy. You know. It's like Batman and the Joker. Batman and the Joker will always be like one of the greatest feuds in comic books. But Batman also has, you know, he also fights Riddler and Two-Face and Penguin and goes back to Joker. So that's my comic book reference for the day. I like that. Um, okay, and uh, I, I think uh, we're going back to the last match. Last match. It is the United States Championship between mm-hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. Gentlemen, what do you think? This story has been way more, fo- you know, it's been way, way more focused on Orton's recent, you know, attacking of Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke and uh, Hardy fighting for the title. I, this is one feud I haven't really been following as much. I've been following more of the Orton side of it. I think Orton will definitely interfere, or maybe be added to the match, like via social media. Um, I think Nakamura is going to come out as as champion. 
I know it's a very quick overview, but... Yeah, I'm going to agree with that one, too. Yeah, I do think that with Nakamura, they, they gave him the AJ feud last year. I mean, back going into WrestleMania, even though they made him lose, but they did turn him heel at that point, so they wanted to, you know, give him the good match with the WWE Champion at WrestleMania, turn him heel so that way he wouldn't come out of the event, you know, with any, you know, cold uh, touch or anything like that. You know, turn him heel, keep his momentum going, and, you know, since then he's been, you know, that that nasty, mean Nakamura that, you know, we hadn't seen, you know, I mean, he was like that way in Japan for a number of years, as far as I understand. So I think they're going to keep the title on him to keep him going strong, to give him something to, you know, keep his name relevant. And to your point, Andrew, it just seems like the Jeff Hardy and Orton feud is overshadowing this match i feel like i'm watching this match and it's almost just like a side story it's not like the thing it's always like now you know like you said orton's gonna pop up at some point and um that's the ongoing underlying theme in in this in this particular match yeah i i would have almost have rather i like i feel like this match could have been on a smackdown maybe two or three weeks ago where orton costs him the match and then you make Jeff Hardy, Orton, like a steel cage at SummerSlam, and then you have Nakamura taking on somebody else, like a... Mm, trying to think of anyone. A Rusev. <laughs> a Rusev. Okay. A Rusev, right. yeah. Rusev Nakamura. I think that would have made sense. Yeah. Um, could have. You know, Nak- you know, Nakamura still could have still gone over, and Almas could have had a feud with somebody else. I guess right. it's just... Bobby Roode. Where the uh, he's on Raw. <laughs> That's yeah. true, and he's not even on the card either. Yeah, there's actually a bunch of big names that are not on the card, including Oscar, Bobby Roode, uh, Night Jacks, The Bar, The Usos, um, uh, are the Riot Squad or the uh, uh, Banks and Bailey? Are they on? Nope, I don't think Banks and Bailey are on either. Elias, Lashley, I don't think any of them are on. Right, taking a look back. I'm just looking at last year's, um, last year's card because so I love to compare the cards year after year. Yeah. But let's see. You have in the main event: Lesnar, Reigns, Strowman, Samoa Joe. They're still on the top of the card. Yep. Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke. Jinder Mahal. Dude is like doing breathing exercises now. <laughs> AJ Owens. Still relevant. Yeah. Ambrose Rollins, still relevant. Balor, Bray Wyatt. Shino Mack was on one of the ma- was in one of the uh, the matches. Um, right. Don't see him on this one. I don't see him. You have Orton and Rusev. Oh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of WrestleMania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in WrestleMania. Big uh, cast. Neville. Big show. Neville. Yeah, Neville and Tazawa. Kira Tazawa. Well, what happened to him? He's still on 205 Live, but okay. I guess with. One belt. Cena. John Cena is not on here. Corbin <laughs> was on here. So, it went, I, you know, just the with the size of these rosters, comparing, you know, cards is is uh, is tough. There's yeah. going to be a big difference. Um, so I, I guess that sums up our SummerSlam preview. Right. Although, it, I got to say, it, this card looks stacked. The card is stacked 100%. I, I think it's going to be a good event. I hope so. It looks like fun. 
and I, I, I hope it you know either concludes some uh, some feuds, some storylines, yeah, uh, or continues others. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that'll uh, you know advance the storylines, advance uh, advance everything. Yeah. This is also that that weird time of the year where um, I don't know if there was a name for it, but between SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble, it's kind of like a like a like a dead spot, right? It is because there really isn't anything until um, Royal Rumble where you start to see um, the. Uh, I'm making some extraneous noise here. Sorry about that. Just figuring out all the kinks. I don't know if it's you or the air conditioner. I think it's the air conditioner. Okay. And I promise next week we'll be moved into a different room. It's going to be a lot more quiet. You want to hear the bzzz in the background? But Sorry, Nick. But no, it's all right. But uh, nevertheless, um, point being, uh, like I was saying, this is going into that dead phase where until we hit the Royal Rumble, it's something that could kind of go either way. You know, we're going to have Survivor Series. You know, that's always just a an unemotional sort of, you know, slap together of Team Raw, Team SmackDown. You know, there really isn't much at stake there, but who knows? Maybe they'll do something different this year where they, you know, make something out of it. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. Hopefully they do something out of SummerSlam that, you know, can lead to some interesting feuds and some interesting programs. Right, and uh, usually after SummerSlam, it's a Hell in a Cell. Um, uh, Evolutions, I think, in October. That's the old women's uh, pay-per-view. Right. from what I'm reading, there's also Super Showdown, which I think is SmackDown uh, pay-per-view in Australia, I believe, right? Right. It's uh, yeah, it's gonna be a yeah, right. It's in Melbourne. Mel, yeah. Right. Uh, we we, we actually have t- we actually have tickets to that. Are you no, surprised we don't. Tickets. Yes. Uh, that, that's my gift to you guys for celebrating the first oh, podcast. Man. Chris and Danny are not getting tickets. No, I'm here. Uh, after Survivor Series is TLC. Um, and then back over to the Rumble, which is in uh, Phoenix this year, in the first ever baseball stadium. That's an outdoors match. Sick. Outdoors uh, Rumble. So, That'll be cool. Yeah. So, and I think at this point, um, this is going to end our very first podcast. Yeah, I think it's about uh, that time. You know, thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any su- suggestions or questions, you can reach back out to us at um, uh, on Twitter at, at Empty Arena Podcast or at Gmail, which is Empty Arena Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we're, we're going to try to release these episodes maybe once or twice a week. Um, we record on Thursdays. That way we could try to watch on... Yeah, we watch uh, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, any pay-per-views Watching on Sundays. content, yeah, for the fans. Velocity, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> Sunday Night Heat. Um, every so often we're going to try to watch possibly something on the network, uh, review that maybe, Holy Foley. You know, they don't re- I think, yeah, release I, any new shows, but... I think we're going to watch some... Some you know, classic cinema featuring our favorite WWE and professional wrestlers, such as The Chaperone and Mr. Nanny. Two <laughs> classics. Uh, Academy Award-winning films, right there. I mean, twelve uh, rounds. That's a, that's an Academy rounds. Award winner. Actually, legit. I like that. <laughs> and one idea that I had was um, doing a segment where we take. Uh, and we'll refine the process as we do it, but I think we wanted to have an idea of where we put um, in a hat, we'll take 12 months out of the year, and we pull a month out, and then we pull in another hat, um, whether it's WWE, WCW, ECW, uh, pull and see what month 
uh, the pay-per-view for that year in that month. So it'll be a year, month, and promotion. You know, we'll figure out all the specifics. But to go back and just watch a random old pay-per-view and kind of recap it, I think that would be without, pretty cool. Yeah, without context is amazing. Yeah, like, like not knowing anything yeah. going into it. Just <laughs> you're, you're just plain impression. Or, or if you have any knowledge of it, you know, yeah. of course it helps. But right. it would be pretty cool. Yeah, but it should be uh, a good show. And it's, you know, from, a pers- from the perspective of just five guys from South Brooklyn with not much else to do on the, you know, with, with their time. Except for, uh, except for work and, uh, except for work and, you know, these guys have wives and yeah, girlfriends yeah. and stuff. So, um, again, uh, if you have any questions or uh, comments or suggestions, reach back out to us at, on Twitter yeah. at empty arena podcast or on Gmail at empty arena podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, if, if you're lucky enough, we'll read your questions on there and, uh, Ooh yeah, fan yeah. segment. Fan so that'll segment. be a very cool fan segment. Viewer mail, listener mail. It'll be called pod mail. No, um, that might be copyrighted, so I can't say yeah, that. I don't think. Um, so, and I think that's going to end the show today. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to release these once weekly at least, um, and they should be available on iTunes or any other podcast, uh, you know, availability sources. Um, and for the Empty Reader podcast, I'm John. Andrew. And I'm Nick. Good fight. Good night.